And we're excited you're here today. We're talking about faith. We're talking about believing with the heart. <coughs> Excuse me. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. By faith, we know the worlds were framed by the word of God. So how powerful is the word of God? You know what? It doesn't say there's some power in the word of God. It's called the word of his power. That means all power is in the word. How important is the word of God? All the power of God is in the word of God. Now, wait a minute. If all power is in the word, that's why we're going there today. That's why you need all the word that you can get in you. The more word you have in you, the more power you have in you. How about that? And you know what it cost? It cost the cross at Calvary, the blood of Jesus, and the resurrection. So it's free to you. Somebody paid for it. It's a memorial day. Somebody paid for our freedom. But Jesus paid the price for us to have the power in the life of God through his precious promises, which are in his word. My, oh, my, isn't this fun? Come on, talking about the word and the word of God is fun and putting the word of God in you. So we're talking about believing with your heart. How do you get the word out of your, from your eyes and ears into your head, into your heart? That's how we're going to, that's the, the ultimate goal is how do we get it in us, in our spirit? Because you are a spirit. But well, most of the time we live up here. You know, a baby going, wah, okay, something's wrong. They can't communicate. And you know what? They're living in their flesh. And you, so you've got to check that diaper. You've got to, you know, put that bottle in that mouth. Maybe they just want a good bump. I've been there. You know, they're, they're needing something. But you know what? You're dealing, when you deal with a baby, you're dealing with their flesh. How about you've been dealing with your flesh ever since you were a baby? And we have to get our flesh under control. Remember last Sunday I said your flesh, your body is supposed to be your slave. Your mind is supposed to be your servant, but your spirit is supposed to be king. And so we're talking about how to make our spirit king, and we do it by faith. We're going to live by faith. And so Romans 10, 10, it says, For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's how you got saved. You heard the word of God. Hey, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe he died on the cross for me. I believe that. So now what, what I, you got to confess it. You got to pray it. Every confession, everything you say, how about everything you say is a prayer? Boy, I'm, it puts us on the spot. When you throw that hissy fit, and I know I cuss in church, I apologize for that, but you see how crazy it is to say cuss words or to curse yourself. And, and we think curse words, how about I'm no good? I'm cursing myself. How about I'm not smart enough? I'm cursing myself. How about I can never get ahead? I'm cursing myself. How about I don't have any peace? I'm cursing myself. Amen. Jesus spoke to the tree, said, no man eat fruit of you anymore. And it's, they said he cursed the tree. He didn't go, you blankety-blank tree. He spoke negative to the tree. We have got to learn to speak the word of God to ourselves. And live by the word till we, that's how we got saved. I believe everything that the Bible said and I received Jesus into my spirit. And I was recreated. Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again. What? Nicodemus was a Bible scholar. And Nicodemus is like, well, how in the world? I hope you know my mama's dead. You know, how do you expect me to be born again? 
you receive the word of God, you believe it with your heart, and you confess it with your mouth, and you get recreated on the inside. You were made to be, you were made to house the spirit of God and the word of God. Doesn't matter if you got hair or not, doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, doesn't matter your skin color, doesn't matter who you are. If you receive the word of God, you will be a changed person. And God wants you, and he'll change you for the better. And where it's not better, you haven't put the word on it. Just saying. We got to crush some things out of us and we do it with the word. And, and if we need some change in, and our, our thinking needs to change. Because we, we get caught up in what the world says. And they, they don't have a right to tell us what to do. Only God does. Amen? So what does it mean to believe with your heart or your spirit? I want to remind you, you are a spirit. You are like, we're, we're made in three parts like God. God is spirit. Jesus came in the flesh. And the Holy Spirit is, is, is our helper. Remember in Genesis 1-1 where God said, let there be light? Who helped him? The Holy Spirit. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit was hovering upon the face of the waters of the earth. He's vibrating. That's what he's like, say something, God, and let me make it for you. Huh? How about angels? They respond to the word of God. They come and bring you the word of God, and they respond to the word of God. When you speak the word of God, angels are loosed. Most of them are in there drinking coffee because you had never said the word. They're like this. I wish somebody would say something. Man, somebody just said something. Now they're off. Let's make it happen. I'm just telling you things. Jesus, angels came down and ministered to Jesus. Angels went and talked to, to, to John the Baptist's daddy. Angels are, and you know what the Bible says? In the last days, angels are going to, act, are going to get more active. But you know what that means? We're going to have to get more active. When we get active in the Word, the Holy Spirit starts vibrating and come on, I'm with you. I'm for you. Come on, God's in heaven on the throne. Jesus is seated at his right hand. But your helper is the Holy Spirit. Come on, he wants to help you. He'll stir you up. Oh, boy, I'm getting stirred up not now. So, Y'all can watch me run, I guess. Y'all can sit there. All right, is it over? Come on. Uh, uh, in Job 32, 8, it says, But there is a spirit in a man, and the breath of the Almighty. How about the inspiration of the Almighty? Huh? Gives him understanding. God's inspiration gives us understanding, and, and that understanding is spiritual intelligence. Come on, too many of us are scared of spiritual things. That's because we're used to living in the natural. Well, God wants to get us out of the natural and get us into the supernatural. But that's, you know, the supernatural is God's natural. So it ought not be just too crazy for us to step over into the things of God, because we're His children. Come on, whether you like it or not, you act like your daddy and your mama. Fleshly. If they had no patience, you don't have any. You got to break that because God's full of patience and loving kindness towards us. We want to be like our heavenly father. Amen. You know, I, I, my father's not here. He's in heaven. But I want to be like my heavenly father. My grandfather cried on his deathbed to me saying that he didn't leave me any inheritance. I said, my inheritance is in God. 
Don't you be crying for me. I'm going to pray for you. Because I got my inheritance. It's in God Almighty. Come on. And so, so we, have to got, we have got to understand who our strength is in, who our help comes from, and where we're at. Just a reminder, John 3, 6, you, you know, I already said you must be born again. Paul said in Romans 1, 9, I serve God with my spirit. I serve God with my spirit. And, and so Proverbs 3, 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. How many know that your own understanding can lead you astray? That's the way everybody else is doing it, so that's the way we got to do it. Mm, not necessarily. So let's dig into Romans 7, through 25 right quick. And this is Paul talking to the Romans, says, I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. What's that inward man? That's his spirit. Come on, so you need to start delighting in the spirit of God, your spirit. Your spirit's a small S. God's spirit's a capital S. The capital S spirit of God lives in your spirit. And so he said, I, I, I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. But I see another law working in my flesh or my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which are in my members. Now, this is where he starts talking about, you know, my, you know I'm fighting warfare, spiritual warfare. How many of you know you got spiritual warfare going on on the inside of you? All the time. But you know what? You have got to get the word in you and get faith built up in you so you win. We, we, we all, when you get tired and weary, when you get mad and frustrated, that's when the devil wins. But as you fill yourself up with the word of God, you begin to win. God begins to win on the inside of you. Oh, Pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. God does. God does, and Holy Spirit does, and he wants to be your helper. So, listen, oh, wretched man that I am, who can deliver me from this body of death? The answer is, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. I have got to keep my flesh down, or it wants to serve sin. You see it. You meet Christians that are serving sin. And I'm not talking about the outward things like smoking, drinking, and all that stuff. Those are bad habits. The inward ones that you got to be, you got to watch about. Want to cheat on your wife? That you're destroying families now, not just you. So we have got to guard our heart. We have to build our spirit up, and we got to walk in the spirit. And I want to remind you: the inward man, the outward man, it's warfare. But the Word of God helps you win the victory. So number one, what is the difference between natural faith and spiritual faith? What is the difference between natural faith and spiritual faith? We're going to look at some natural faith and spiritual faith in 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. I'm going to read it in Amplified. It says, though we walk or live in the flesh... That's my flesh. This is my flesh. We live in this flesh. Just don't stop just for a second. When my spirit leaves this body, my flesh no longer lives. That's how powerful our flesh is. I mean, our spirit is. I, I've seen people on their deathbed say, you know what? I'm going on. And they leave. Their spirit leaves and their body dies. 
Your spirit is why you're alive. You better build your spirit up. We eat the field to feed our flesh. What are you doing to feed your spirit? Uh, there was a teacher that told my wife, said that her and her sister and her dad, her mom was just, uh, she was weak. Her body was just gone and ravished. And, and her sister sitting there, mama, 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 hang on, mama, hang on, mama. And mama's hanging on in the power of her spirit. Her body is too weak to really live. But she's hanging on. They don't, we don't understand how she's still here. And the older daughter's sitting there, and she goes, why don't y'all go eat lunch? And I'll stay with mama. And she said, mama. There's no need to stay here. You know Jesus. You love God. Why don't you go on and be to go to heaven and just live in heaven with Jesus? We love you, but why don't you go? And in 30 seconds, she was gone. The power of her spirit kept her there because her daughter was saying, Mama, stay. Mama, stay. I've seen that with my grandmother. Her daughter saying, Mama, stay. Mama, stay. And she had an ate, drank in four days. You think you can't make it. The power of your spirit will keep you here. But I just, I'm just, just a side. That's commercial. Let's get back to the word. <laughs> Though we walk in the flesh as mortal men, we are, not carried, uh, we are not carrying on spiritual warfare according to the flesh and using weapons of men. I can't slap you and make you get saved. Y'all think it's funny. I had a friend of mine. He got saved. He's on fire. And his roommate, he goes, you're going to church with me? And he pretty much drug him in the church and drug him down the aisle. And he made him pray the prayer of faith. It didn't last a week. I don't know. I hope the boy finally did give his heart to Jesus. But he, it didn't. You know, that guy made him get saved. You can't do that. A person has their own will. God doesn't even cross that will. God said, you come and receive. We have to come receive. And so the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty. Before God to overthrow destruction of strongholds. Where are these strongholds? Man, if they're, if they're if, if, you know, put verse 5 up there. Destroying sophisticated arguments. Strongholds are up here. Well, I don't know if Jesus is real. That's a sophisticated art. I saw something pop up on my feed that, that some man said that, God, that all religions made up. I said, no. Too late for me, babe. I know it's real. I, his spirit lives on the inside of me. I know it's real. I have walked with him. He's led me. He's guided me. I know it's too late for me. No sophisticated argument is going to talk me out. No exalted or proud thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. That's the word of God. And we're taking every thought and purpose captive to the obedience of Christ. So what do we mean we're taking things captive? you got to kick some things out of here. Man, you know, you, you go teach the youth, and then you'll see what they're going through. What about aliens, Pastor Brett? What about vampires? What about all that? You know, you got an answer for aliens? you got an answer for vampires? The Holy Spirit will give you an answer for it all. The Bible's got vampires in it. It talks about Christians biting and devouring one another. Uh-huh, that's a vampire, isn't it? That's because a Christian walking in their flesh and not walking in the love of God. And so you look at these things right here. We got to bring every crazy thought. People don't like me. People don't love me. I can't trust anybody. Uh, I, I, I'm no good. I have no faith. You have got to get those things bound. People are judging me. What's God saying about you? It's a way better than what anybody else can say about you. 
And I care about what he says more than anybody else. I love you, and I want you to think good about me, but God's the one that counts. And God loves me even when I'm stupid. He does. And he loves us. So we have to got to take these thoughts because guess what? All of these wrong thoughts are, are attacking your faith. You're believing in God, believing in his word, and standing with his word. So, so we, I'm a reminder, we need to be spiritually strong. This is where we're going. Your spirit wants God. Your spirit wants the word of God. Your spirit wants to believe in the supernatural. Your mind can't comprehend the supernatural. Do you ever, man, the devil has counterfeit God's supernatural in so many ways, in so many ways, uh, haunted houses. Look at all these shows on TV. You got mediums and you got, man, they were the, I, I said it last year, but two or three years ago, the guy who won Britain's Got Talent, I was kind of glancing at it, and that dude had a familiar spirit, a demon spirit. He told the lay, one of the judges what she said to one of her friends in the seventh grade. Nah. That's a, that's, a, that's a spirit. That's a demon spirit. But that's counterfeit to God giving a word of wisdom, telling you about your future, or a word of knowledge. God can tell you things about your past that he wants to get rid of. God can, can, can tell you something, or sometimes God will, will put a pain in me. And I'm like, what is that pain? That's not me. But it's a word of knowledge that God wants to heal somebody. God wants to, God, and, and it's loving and it's kind. But it's, uh, but it's confirmation that, hey, this is going on in me, and God sees it. But God sees everybody's pain. Just don't wait for a word. Get your faith out there and say, you know what? This is not supposed to be in me. This is not supposed to be in me. And learn to fight it with faith. The Bible says to fight the good fight of faith. To lay hold of the promise. You got to grab it. And hold on to it. We'll talk about how to hold on to it in just a second. So, so let, let's, let's, let's dig in here. Uh, you know, to believe with all your hearts, to believe with your spirit. Number two, God's nature is greater than our nature. I cannot get off of this, that God's ways are better. God's ways, you know, uh, uh, one of my favorite scriptures in Isaiah is that God's ways are higher. And people preach that, well, you can't know God's ways. God's ways are higher than our ways, but you can't walk in. Oh, yes, we can. He said, my ways are higher. Come on up here. My ways are better. Come follow me. My, I got the good way. You know, we read the scripture last Sunday that there's the good, perfect will of God, the acceptable, good, and perfect will of God. Are you walking in the acceptable will of God or the good will of God or the perfect will of God? Wow, that means we got to judge ourselves. And let's look and see, see what's going on. So just a, re a reminder that God's nature is greater. To overcome, we have to feed on God's word and believe it. We got to believe on his nature. The world is offering fear. How many of you know that? Fear is the opposite of faith. Man, they'll scare you right into the pit. They'll scare you into a cave. But we don't live by faith. Or by fear, we live by faith. And so, so, so uh, 2 Corinthians 10, 5. 
Inasmuch as we refute arguments, and I already read this, we, we are destroying sophisticated arguments and every exalted thing. Here's our thought life. Th this is why it's so important. So everything you read, it goes in here. If you read the news, it goes in here. You have five senses. Remember last Sunday we talked about the five senses? Taste, smell, touch, hearing, seeing. But how about it with the Spirit? You got the same thing. Real quick. Jesus told a story of a certain rich man. So it's a true story. Certain man. Certain rich man and a man named Lazarus who ate his gate. They both died. I'm going to rush through the story. But I love the story. They both died. The rich man went to hell because he didn't fear God, didn't serve God, didn't care nothing about God. He trusted in his money. Money won't get you anywhere in the spirit. The only money you can take to heaven is what you give away. How about that? He looked up. Wait a minute. The rich man looked up. Wait a minute. His body's buried in the earth. And he saw Lazarus. Lazarus' body's buried. But in the spirit, they see each other. The rich man sees Lazarus and recognizes. The rich man calls out to Abraham. Abraham died 500 years before. How did he know him? The Bible says that we'll be known as we're known. You'll look at somebody in heaven, you'll know them. Even in hell, they know and remember. That's the hardest thing about hell, I believe. We worry about the fire and the worm that dieth not. No, it's remember every chance you had that you could have received Jesus Christ and not be there. Because that's exactly what the rich man said. I have brothers that are living just like me. Send Lazarus back. And, the, and, and Abraham said, they got the prophet, which is the word, the prophets. Let them hear them, the preachers. But, but see, I want to remind you, they could see. They had a tongue. They, and he said, touch, my, touch his tongue in water. Let him come touch me. So there's life after death. But there's only two choices. Heaven and hell. Receive Jesus Christ and go to heaven. Quit looking at the devil say, well, look at all those Christians. They, they ain't not this, they not that. Well, God is all that. Christians may fail, but Jesus never did, and God has not either. So let's get our eyes on Jesus. Let's focus on him. And so as we look at these things to overcome, we got to feed on the word. We got to refute these arguments, and, and we got to believe God. And here's where I really want to get to is number three. We're going to camp out here a little bit. Number three, be unreasonably committed to the Word of God and God's ways. What does they mean, be unreasonably? I can't even say it good. Be unreasonably? That means that's all you talk about. To people that aren't saved, like, I wish you'd shut up. And you just smile and go, I can't. God is too good. I'm living by the Word. I'm walking in the Word. Jesus is in me, and I'm in Him. And I'm going to be committed to the Word, and I'm going to give you some, some examples here. I'm going to try to help you understand how important this is because this changes your life. And so as we look at this, uh, casually reading the Word of God is not enough. We got to feed on it day and night. You know, we're experts in so many ways. You know, anybody watch the Olympics? And nobody raised their hand. I know y'all. Don't lie to me like y'all so spiritual you didn't watch the Olympics. Has anybody ever seen the Olympics? Do you know how the gymnastics, how, how 
Every day they work out to perfect their skill. Every day. You know, it, it, uh, we, our coach said, hey, boys, now we're in the country. I'm talking country. You know, the June bugs show up in September. We're so far in the woods. And my senior year, the coach said, we're going to go to a track meet. And he goes, he points it. He points and says, you're going to run the 100-yard dash. He points at me and said, you're running the mile. He points at another boy and said, you're doing the high jump. Another boy said, you're throwing the javelin, you're throwing the shot putt. And we never knew what a javelin or a shot putt was. I had to learn that it was four times around the track for a mile. And we pulled up to the other country school, and they run the cows off and got the shovel out to get the track field ready. We didn't practice. I did. I did. I had a week. And I had, we had five acres. And I ran down around that five acres four times. And I knew I could, I could make it. Now, my buddies didn't practice a lick. They fell out on the second lap. <laughs> and we had an old boy jumping the high jump. You know how you run and they turn and they flip over backwards and jump over? Those, the other boys were doing that. He went straight over like this. He got second place. <laughs> I told the coach, I said, he's been stealing chickens. Why he can do that? He can leap that fence and he got a chicken under his arm. The other guys were prepared. We were not. To be prepared for life, you got to get into the Word. you got to put the Word in your heart and live by it. you got to have it where you can understand it and you know how to apply it. And the Holy Spirit's your helper. And He'll help you get prepared. I mean, people prepare to hunt. People prepare for all kinds of things. Artists. I, I knew artists. Uh, I've seen. They threw stuff in the trash. I'm like, I want to dig that out. I never could draw anything as good as they can. They had talent and ability. But it's not talent and ability alone. It's practice, practice, practice. And it's the same way with the Word of God. We're supposed to practice. It doesn't mean that we don't work or we don't eat or we, we still, but we, I'm, I'm going to teach you. Let's look at it. In Joshua 1.8, God told Joshua that the book of this law should not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. Uh, that you should observe to do all according that is written in it. And then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. It shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate. Now, I, I want to teach you what meditate is. It's not, you know, making your fingers in a, a thing and crossing your legs and sitting down on the ground. And, mm, that's not the meditation. Meditation comes from the word mutter, to speak. And you want to mutter the word of God over and over and over and over. You know, when I was a old boy in Sunday school, they'd say, you need to read chapter 8 of, uh, of Joshua. And, and, you know, and so you could come back and you can get your star, you know. And, and man, I read it so fast. And I, I read it, so I didn't lie. But I read it so fast, I didn't get any of it. That's not what it's talking about. It's talking about to meditate the Word of God, to roll it over and over and over in your heart. Put it in you, put it in you. Like Psalms 91, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High God shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty, and he will say of the Lord, He is my God, my fortress, and Him do I trust. He has delivered me from the snare of the fowler, from the noisome pestilence. You see, I put that in me. And I, I put that in me at every red light. I stopped that. I had my thumb holding the spot that I was reading it out of. But I was reading it in first person. I dwell in the secret place of the Most High God, and I abide in the shadow of the Almighty. And I say of the Lord God, He's my fortress. Man, it comes alive when they're talking about me. And it's for you too. 
And it says, no evil shall befall you. Neither. I mean, so I put that in me. I, we're driving down the road. I'm going to give my age away. It's the mid, uh, mid-80s, 80s sometime or another. And I'm riding with a guy I'm working with. And man, on the radio, it come on the news and, and that AIDS epidemic is hitting and people are spitting on people that have AIDS and you might can drink after them in a water fountain. They don't know how you get it. But my goodness, it's going. And man, fear starts rising up in everybody. And I hear that on the radio, and fear started rising up in me. And I'm like, Lord, help me. And all of a sudden, no evil shall befall you, neither shall any plague come near your dwelling, for God shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. Null and void. But, but this, I'm talking this before people even knew what it was about. But I'm telling you, when you have fear, what about happens, what this is going to happen about your kids? What about your kids doing this? You know, Job was sacrificing for his kids because he's worried about them. This thing I have feared has come upon me. This thing, we have to stop fear in its tracks. We use the faith and use faith by the word of God. God's word is true. And you, when, when, when you start feeling fear or scared or getting upset about something, you need to go get to the word of God and put it in your heart. And so that's where you meditate. Uh, the Word of God builds your spirit and changes you physically and mentally. It'll change you physically. It'll change you mentally. It'll help you. It'll help you when you get offended. It'll help you when you get your feelings hurt. It'll help you when you're mad. It'll help you. God's Word will help you. It will help you physically. How about it sustain you? Do you know the children of Israel walked through 40 years, their shoes never wore out? I can wear out a pair of shoes in two weeks. Their clothes didn't wear out. You ever prayed over your car? You better. This is what we're talking about. Believing God. Drawing close to God. In Philippians 4.8. It says, finally, my brethren, whatsoever things are noble, what things are just, what things are pure, what things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, there be anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The word of God is praiseworthy. All right, I'm going to make a hard statement, and I want you to stay with me. Don't get in, 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 in it. Listen. Everything in the Bible is true, but everything in the Bible is not truly written for you. All right. First, so, so I know it's kind of, why do you mean, Pastor Brett? Judas hanged himself. That's not a promise for you. Okay. I have to say these things. You go to the Old Testament and you see some of these hard things that happen and you want to call judgment down on everybody. We're not in the, in, the, in the time here, in the era of judgment. We're in, the God, in God's grace and mercy. God's grace and mercy. Judgment's coming when we leave. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. And there's, 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 see, we're in, the, we're in the season right now of reaping and sowing. Reaping, sowing, and reaping. Reaping, sowing. The Bible says there comes a time that that, that the reapers will catch up with the sowers and vice versa. So what are you sowing? What are you reaping? Are you sowing the word of God? 
If you do not sow the word of God, then you have nothing to reap. If you don't work, then you don't get a paycheck. See that? But you have got to sow the word. Begin to sow the word of God in your life. Begin to sow the word of God. Meditate in it day and night. Can, can, anybody, can anybody wash dishes and whistle? Huh? Yeah, easy, isn't it? Well, you know, some people can't whistle. But can you hum? Can you hum and wash dishes at the same time? Are you with me? That's how you meditate on the word. While you're washing dishes, mowing the yard, driving down the road, you say the same thing, what the word of God said, that I'm blessing the city, blessing the field. My children are blessed. My basket and my store are blessed. I'm blessed when I come in. I'm blessed when I go out. I'm made to be the head and not the tail above only and not beneath. And, and, but you still have to fight. But you have got to put the word in your, in your heart and in your mouth because guess what? We have an enemy. In Acts 10, 38, I quoted a lot. Jesus, the, Paul, uh, Peter, excuse me, said that Jesus was anointed of God and he went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Oppression of the devil comes on all of us. But we have to fight to maintain our love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, and meekness. Amen? We have to fight to maintain it because we have an enemy. There's no enemy in heaven, but there's an enemy in the earth. And what does he fight with? People. What happened in Texas, man, that's the devil, folks. Nothing but. Nothing but. We have to fight. We have to fight. Our, our, now, now, you know, are we going to live in fear because something like that happened? No. We're going to believe God. We're going to hear the voice of God. We're going to stand for God. God's going to give us direction, protection. He'll lead you and guide you. Don't go. Turn here. Wait. Hmm. There was a minister teaching on being led by the Spirit. <clears throat> And this man, and he was a pastor, and him and his wife were on vacation, and they were in a motel. That's all they had back then in the day. And he's loading up just like I do. I'm like, you know, man, we got to get there. Let's go. Let's go. Load the kids up. Get in here. We got to get there. Let's hurry up and get there, and then we can rest. But he's loading up the suitcase. He's telling his wife, load up. Come on, come on, come on. And as he puts the suitcases in the trunk, he heard it in his spirit. Wait here five minutes. And just like, just like any one of us, he started arguing. I can't wait. We got to get on the road. We're traveling. I mean, this is back when there was no interstates. Wait, wait here five minutes. He didn't wait. He got in the vehicle. They took off driving, and a log truck hit him. Perfect timing. Perfect timing that the log truck hit them. If he had waited five minutes, they wouldn't have been there. As the minister was preaching on being led, he goes, that's what God was leading me. God was leading me. We were tearing down a building one time. The church was. Church, you think, oh, it's church work. God's going to protect us. No, God's going to tell you, and you got to obey. And we loaded. I had a 1982 step-side Chevy truck, a half ton, and I had probably two tons on the trailer. Matter of fact, it was so heavy that the back wheels on the truck wouldn't hardly touch the ground. 
I didn't know that till I pulled out and went, whoop, whoop, whoop. And I'm like, something ain't right. And went across the street, and everybody's going to follow me. And, and I get out and started walking around this. And on the inside of me, don't you drive this. Don't you drive this. I said, Lord, we got to get home. It's hot. I'm tired. I want to go home. Don't you drive this. And everybody, what's the matter? What's the matter? I said, oh, no. Just, well, I'm just checking it over. Well, I drove it. I drove it through downtown. I went over the big bridge river. I'm doing 30 miles an hour. Can't, ain't going to nothing happen at 30 miles an hour. You know, it's all good. I got out and got on the interstate. Lo and behold, it started doing this number. And all of a sudden, that trailer's pushing me down the highway, and I'm driving backwards. Jackknife. And the man with me said, turn it. I said, I've turned it every which way but loose. I've turned this way, and I turned that way. And I'm talking four lanes and a big turning lane in the middle, and I'm going backwards. And everybody on this big this, this highway stops, and they're watching the show. <laughs> Finally, my tires catch. I, I, I go all the way across, and I'm facing the other way, across five lanes, in between traffic. And I get out, and everybody's still looking at me. And I wave at them <laughs> like I did it on purpose. I knew the Spirit of God on the inside of me said, don't drive this thing. Don't drive this thing. And God's grace and mercy and angels in camp about me could have been killed. And I wasn't doing 30 miles an hour, but you can go a long ways 30 miles an hour with something pushing you that's way heavier than you are. My point is that we've got to learn to hear the voice of God. God's always speaking, but His Word makes His voice alive in us. When you learn to confess the word, and when you get that witness, you can confess the word all you want. You better obey that witness. One more story. This lady, she quoted Psalms 91 all the time. And she's going, every time she goes to the mall, everywhere she gets, Lord, your angels encamp about me. Uh, Lord, you're my peace, my joy. You're my strength. And so she drives to a, to a store on the, on the rough side of town. And she gets out and gets mugged. They steal her purse and everything. And, and so she calls this ministry and asks him for prayer and starts crying. And I don't know why. I, I, I prayed Psalms 91. I don't know why. And the, the guy answering the phone was Keith Moore. And he goes, Lord, you got to help me. I don't know what to answer, how to answer this lady. And all of a sudden on the inside of him, it said, ask her if she had a witness not to get out of the car, not to even drive over there. And he asked her, and she goes, oh, yeah, I, I, I had this. I shouldn't get out of the car. And he goes, why didn't you listen to that? She goes, because I prayed Psalms 91. You see, you speak the word to activate your spirit so you can hear the voice of God. So God can direct you because nowhere in the Bible does it say that Brett's supposed to be a pastor. I'm being led by the Spirit of God to become a pastor. I started off as just a servant. That's a key. You start off with serving God. I just want to do something for God. Do you want to do something for God? Then that opens doors. But you just can't say, I'm this and I'm that. You have to be led and learn. But the Word of God coming alive on the inside of you quickens you, and you got a knowing. And then people give you confirmation. People see that gift in you. They stir things in you. But the Word of God awakens our spirit to the voice of God. Amen? So we want to endeavor to put the Word of God in our hearts. So meditate. 
Learn to take one scripture and meditate it till you know it. Till it drops from here into here. See, up here is where we just read all the offense happens, where we read where we, we get hurts all up here, and all I, you know, this and that and the other. But down here is where you live. Down here is where your life will change. Down here is where you, your body can get healed. Do You see, down here is where, you see, natural faith, I believe it when I see it, Pastor. I believe it when I see it. Spiritual faith says, I got it. And I don't have to see it. It's mine. The Word of God says it's mine. I've got the peace of God. It's mine. You're following me on that. Do you understand? Say amen. amen. You see, uh, if you're waiting to see something, it's not faith. It's not faith if you're waiting to see something before it happens. Or seeing, you see it and then I'll believe it. You got to believe it before you see it. That's supernatural faith. All right, last story. Hopefully. Jesus got in the boat with his disciples and went to sleep. The storm came and Jesus got up and rebuked the storm. Jesus had all faith. And he rebuked the storm and the storm went still. Paul was arrested and put on a ship. And he says, gentlemen, I see, foresee that we're going to hit a storm. We don't need to leave the port. And they said, who are you? You're not even a sailor. We're leaving. They leave and a storm comes. He begins to pray and fast. I'm sure he probably tried to rebuke the storm. But it didn't quit. So he praying and fasting, God protect us. God protect us. God said, everybody stays on the boat. They'll be saved. When he comes up, they're fixing to kill all the slaves and kill all the prisoners and throw them overboard. But he said, wait, gentlemen, we'll all be saved if everybody stays on the ship. And they were all saved. You know what? God cares about you more than he did the boat or Paul. God cares about Paul more than he did the boat. You know, because we put all our, 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 our eggs in one basket, we're going to believe God to stop the storm. And I've seen God do it. I, I told last Sunday night in our class, a friend of mine had a dream working in a huge warehouse. And he had a dream that a tornado was coming. And he ran to the side door like that one right over there. And he opened the door and there's a tornado. And he rebukes it. And it goes up into the sky and goes over the building. Doesn't touch any of them. He saw that in a dream. Two weeks later, they come running through the building. There's a tornado coming. And everybody's running for shelter. And he runs for that door. And lo and behold, there's that tornado just like he saw in the dream. My sons and daughters will have visions and dreams. And he rebuked it and went up over the building just like he saw in the dream. God was preparing him. My point is, you just got to do what God says to do. And, and you, yeah, rebuke the storm. Doesn't happen. Then start praying that for protection. Pray that God will protect you and everybody here and everybody the, everywhere. Because he cares more about you than your house. You know, the devil, you say my kids started driving. Oh, you hear that ambulance? That's one of your kids. Shut up. If they do wreck, they'll live and not die. We get another vehicle. What's most important? 
Believe God. Trust God. Learn to lean on Him. I'm just giving you examples. Let's bow our heads. We're going to pray today. Father, we thank you for salvation, that it belongs to all of us, that Jesus made a way, Lord God, for us to be saved. Father, I thank you that in our salvation package is everything that we need in this life. So I'm asking you today, with your head bowed, look at your heart. Do you know Jesus? Do you know him as Lord and Savior? Today's the day of salvation. Will you give your heart to Jesus today? If that's you, just raise your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. I've never accepted Jesus. I see your hand. Maybe you're here today and you said, you know what? I got saved a long time ago, but I have been running from God. It's time to quit running. I want to I give my life to him fresh and new. If that's you, will you raise your hand? I see your hand and your hand. Anyone else? Let's all pray together. Say, Father, we submit to you and your son Jesus. We believe with all our heart that Jesus is Lord. Be Lord of my life in every area. Stir in me, O oh God. Renew my heart. Renew my life. Change my mind. Strengthen my body. Thank you, Father, for salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about Legacy Church and other resources, visit us online at LegacyFamily.info.